Turtle and Hughes presents The Power of Partnerships. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Chris Price from TSI Turtle Services. We're here with Rick Peters from Fortinet. Rick is the CISO for Operational Technology in North America. And we're going to go through a view of the Fortinet platform and ecosystem and, and how it relates to our industrial customers. Uh, Rick, to get started here, you know, cybersecurity is a popular topic these days. Uh, ransomware attacks are more prevalent than ever, and, and especially with operational environments. You know, most recently, the week before the Super Bowl, we were, heard about a waste treatment plant being compromised where somebody tried to hack in and, and raise the chemical levels in the waste treatment plant. What we'd like to understand is how Fortinet can prevent and mitigate the damage to these systems that are vulnerable to attack, and how do we pr protect these legacy operating systems? Well, that's a big question, Chris, and I'll, I'll try and strip it down a little bit, right, into bite-sized chunks, because I think it could be overwhelming, right, if you tried to, to swallow the whole problem. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things you mentioned in the intro was an ecosystem approach, and that is one of the things that Fortinet champions as part of the solution space, not just for, for OT, but for IT. In fact, you, there's a connection, obviously, to those domains, which has amplified the problem, right? The incident you recently talked about is a perfect example of that, right? Where there's an opportunity maybe to get on a target that might have historically been much harder to acquire simply because now there's a way to connect to it and get on or gain access to that frame, right? And then, of course, uh, bad actors don't operate with a code of ethics, and we know that. So with that in mind, um, you need to start thinking about what are the best practices and how do you employ those? So you start with thing, with visibility uh, and making sure that you understand everything that's connected to the environment. A first logical step, because you can't protect what you can't see, starts with gaining that visibility. You know, from that point, you can then turn your attention to control. And by that, I mean, you know, insisting on earned trust. You know, we with visibility, you might say, well, naturally, I'm going to be able to trust the asset. But no, you have to assume that you, you're enforcing some sort of role-based access control. So insisting on the use of multi-factor authentication and tokens as a way to say, you know, Chris, I trust you. You're on my system. And while you're on my system, I'm going to watch you behaviorally just so you can sustain that trust. It isn't automatic that you can just move about. So a control strategy says, I'm going to segment my my architecture so that, well, you can control or, or access and do the job I expect you to do. It limits you to behave in that con context and not allow you to go off and explore. Uh, why is that important? Because if you know, your credentials were somehow mishandled or lost, they fall into the hands of a bad actor, they gain access. The first thing they're going to do when they get on target is seek to move, right? That's all right, I've gained my access. Now I'm going to start to move vertically or horizontally within the environment. And then I'm going to start to run probably a long campaign of reconnaissance. We've seen that, uh, you know, in the latter part of 2020, many heard about the supply chain uh, related attacks, solar winds, perfect example of that long-term reconnaissance. So being able to control a containment strategy, very important, restricts the movement. And then a step beyond that is, uh, now that I've segmented is to understand your behavior again while you're on target so that I can be doing analysis and, and up, up chain reporting. So if I have backend intelligence services, FortiGuard Labs is a great example of that. I can be doing industrial related research and analysis 
of what's happening behaviorally, both on-prem and off, building equity and, and then expanding my knowledge and keeping my infrastructure aware of all of the kinds of things that are going on, both legacy as well as current. So that, that's really important. And I think it's even more important when you realize that most of operational technology is comprised of hardware and software. That's a lot of legacy, not uncommon to encounter uh, an operating system that might be 20 or 30 years old. XP is not a foreign term in an OS that you'll find in, in, in OT. And so what you put out there, and I think part of the solution strategy has to afford backwards compatibility and of course we can do that as well. That's very important. It's not just treating the problem uh, with the future, but also uh, dealing with the OT proprietor who is using a lot of, uh, again, legacy hardware and software. That allows us then to be smart about how we automate the awareness and, and can provide that level of confidence, right, to the, to the OT system owner that uh, uh, they understand behaviorally what's happening at any moment in time. That's great. Thank you. You know, a, a lot of our customers now are, are you know, their, their plant networks, their operational networks have literally not been uh, associated with anything. You know, we've had islands of automation. We've had decentralized yeah. uh, management of, of the automation platforms and systems. Uh, nowadays, everybody's bringing those networks onto their plant network. So the first thing they're looking at is network segmentation which with the Fortinet ecosystem and a set of firewalls can easily segment those networks. Right. The other thing that they're trying to do is they're trying to understand how they can do more with the information that they have available from their systems through IoT initiatives. Um, you know, many of these new IoT initiatives also have, you know, easy connectors to cloud-based data collection platforms. Uh, how can Fortinet enable the secure transfer of that data from the plant floor to these internet-based cloud platforms? Um, oh boy, another great question. So it, it starts by understanding that what's what's principally important to the OT system owner, and I would say IT as well, is you know safe and continuous operations, right? Because moving away from that baseline uh, starts to create a situation where you've got contempt within the environment and a chance to uh, to lose that control and, and not to understand what's going on. So above and beyond segmentation, we talked about segmenting devices. That's great. But you have to have a way to secure the on-ramp for the cloud. And of course, that's one of the things that we build into our core. The next generation firewall provides that ability to connect uh, into the cloud infrastructure securely. That's a That comes with it. That's not an add-on. So you're protecting the traffic, which is principally important when you're getting down to the plant floor. That reliable connectivity and that ability to have visibility from the point of where IT and OT connect, we'll call that the DMZ all the way down to the more primitive levels of, an, of a plant where you're getting down and talking to PLCs and RTUs and devices that aren't all that common in, in the IT world, have to, ha again, be able to understand what's happening at those layers, controlling again and segmenting that environment, but then providing access out to an extensible world because that's what's out there today, right? We know the perimeter is, is huge. That's what sort of created the problem in the first place. You know, the connectivity in the environment, uh, many characterize that as digital transformation or uh, convergence has attached us now to this very wide array of, of intelligent devices. And, you know, whether it's a smarter PLC, uh, a sensor that's out there, all that intelligence is being collected because the business itself values that, that data as a commodity of interest. 
So that doesn't change in the cloud. It just says, I've got to provide a way to ensure the integrity and, and protection of that information because that's intelligence. It's, that's high value, of course, to anybody on the outside who's looking to benefit or gain. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, most of our digital transformations these days are, are quite interesting. You know, it's sectors and businesses that uh, never had the insight to their operation that they can have now. Uh, you know, it, at very large scales and even small scale operations, they, they really tend to get a lot of value out of their operation. You know, truly identifying the, the issues that cause them problems and then uncovering, you know, ways to, to improve their process and make things function better. You know, with, you know, Fortinet's got a large ecosystem. So when we look at the Fortinet ecosystem, how are we enabling that next generation access to the operational technology, technology in today's manufacturing environments? You know, I guess explain a little bit about the suite of projects, the management tools that you have, because it's really a robust next generation platform. You know, when you compare Fortinet to existing vendors now, you know, you have to buy a router, you have to buy a firewall. Right, right. You know, with Fortinet, you're you're getting everything in a single package that that has all the feature sets to upsell it to a much higher level within the security infrastructure. So right. I don't know if you can explain a little bit about okay. some of the the uh, feature sets that your products have or the products themselves. And, and then we'll talk about some special programs that I know we are working on with, with you guys as well. That sounds great. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm gonna move a, slightly away from this notion of a whole array of products because I think sometimes that can get overwhelming. I really wanna talk about the notion of a, of a solution. I, as an engineer, I always like to talk about how to solve the problem. So let's talk about the solution and everyone's challenges, arrays of challenges vary, right? So from one customer to next, I might be working with uh, a utility today who's doing renewable energy. And so I need first need to understand their cybersecurity maturity. Where are they? What do they look like? What, what point products do they already have in place? That's where I think the advantage of uh, Fortinet comes into play with their security fabric. Not because we have lots of great ideas, we do, and our, and our investment in technology is extraordinary. That's where I get geeky about it. The thing that attracted me first uh, was this notion of it doesn't have to be invented here. Uh, if you take a look at what uh, Fortinet characterizes as their fabric-ready uh, technology alliance, uh, that is a gigantic leap of faith. It allows us to work and design collateral capabilities with our partners, over 400 of them today, uh, to take a look, and that's really important because when I'm looking at a particular client's problem, I can I can analyze and look at what products do you already have in play? Are you dealing with a wide array of point solutions that aren't connected, that don't provide you communication, that allow you to get a, a sense of what's going on in your environment at the speed of business? Because if you don't and you're introducing latency, you're chasing instead of getting out in front of the problem. And of course, in, in the environment today, if I assume that the adversary is on target, and from my history, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna assume the adversary is on target. I, they're gonna show their hand at some point in time. I need to be able to identify, quarantine, analyze, uh, report and respond to that. And so that it might, my sustained environment is protected. That's, that's kind of a, a gross way to describe it, but that starts with having a core function that you trust. The next generation firewall, has to be robust, has to be fast, has to be able to communicate to that ecosystem, almost like a hub, if you will. Now you can build intelligent high bandwidth switches, access points that are all enabled. I think all of that's important. 
the agility for OT comes into play, uh, not just in the office environment, but also harsh environments. You know, you, you're going to encounter situations, whether you're on an oil rig or underground trying to support rail, metro area rail traffic where you have extreme conditions. And so you also have to have solutions that treat those environments. At the core, we have all of that available. So that's, that's, that's a big part of being able to sit down and have that conversation about, okay, what is it we're trying to solve problem, problematically? And then thinking extensively about how does that fit into your problem space? Can we make it work in your world? And then from there, you know, once you've got that kind of a baseline established, you can then start to talk about some of the advanced kind of a cybersecurity feature sets, thinking about securing the network traffic down to the industrial protocol level, really kind of rolling your sleeves up, if you will, and leveraging that to auth- you know, gain that authorization to understand what's happening and ensuring that the behaviors are always within the tolerance that's being governed by the policy, right? Because I know what, what looks legitimate. The, uh, at, the, at the top of the conversation here, we, we made reference to uh, the event that happened here recently on the on the municipal water treatment. That was a, a terrific example of you know a setting that got beyond the scope of what should have been tolerated. Now I don't have the intelligence to speak uh, deeply on that, but the natural tendency is to think, well, okay, I have a range of settings that I that aren't even cyber related that I that I can contain and control. So it's important to know yourself first and know your environment and then start to think about how to apply all of those best practices I talked about initially, you know, back to visibility, control and automation and then taking it to the next level. Saying what what else can I do in my environment to grow and and understand better what's happening. You know, Mention zero trust network access, that gets beyond just thinking about the firewall. Certainly that's great, but I got to get into understanding what the what my network access control uh, platform looks like. So that goes out and can interrogate and identify and categorize and, and, and manage all those assets. So I know what they look like. And again, building that trust. I can understand what's going on at the endpoint with an EDR product that allows me to, to interrogate and do pre and post infection analysis, very proactive. If, uh, I think the theme that starts to come out is we need to move left, left a boom. Not, I mean, we're not chasing here, we're getting out in front of, because I want, again, if I'm assuming my adversary has figured out maybe being a phishing attack or, or some legacy opportunity to get onto the target because there's a, a, a vulnerability there can be easily exploited, okay. Now I have to be able to, uh, again, stop that from b- before it becomes something that's truly disruptive or perhaps even harmful to the environment. So all of those kinds of thought processes go into building an ecosystem, again, that is managing that information and providing that intelligence to the decision authority. Now, some of that happens in a way that is more automated because you want that information at a single pane of glass. But the operator never gives up the con, right? They all ultimately have the authority and an OT that's really important as well. Yeah, that's great information, Rick. You know, one of the one of the things that I like about your products in particular is, is the fact that um, when we size a fire firewall for a customer, we're really driven by capacity, throughput, and network speed that they're looking to attain. So it, what's nice is from the low-end firewalls to the high-end firewalls. The interface, the user interface, the usability are all very similar, um, and it's driven by the feature set, right? So you have a rich set of features and software add-ons. The industrial license in particular for our OT customers is very important because, like you mentioned earlier, it allows us to, to 
secured down to the specific OT protocol. So if it's an Ethernet IP, Modbus, you know, Profinet or something like that, right. we can secure down to that industrial protocol and really eliminate all the other traffic on that on that industrial network. And and when security is is critical for our customers, you know, they just want their equipment to be communicating. They don't want somebody else to gain access, you know, from that network, from outside the network, and and be able to do anything on it on that network. Um, the other thing I'll I'll mention is, you know, security does not have to be cost prohibitive. You know, one of the nice things with your platform is is you can start with a firewall that's in a sub thousand dollar range yeah. to start securing your infrastructure and and bringing access uh, to that operational infrastructure. It doesn't have to be cost prohibitive. You, you basically set it up ahead. You design what you're trying to do, and and then you execute on that on the plan that you're developing with the customer. And I think your products, you know, just fit in perfectly to that model. And and people don't have to be afraid of it, right? Security is complex enough. Where people don't may not understand what they need to do, it, it does, but understanding that it doesn't have to be cost prohibitive gives them a little sense of, uh, you know, a, a step back that they can actually take it on and and be able to deliver it even them even themselves. You know, Chris, that's a really great point, and and I, I think probably uh, very appropriate uh, timing wise here in 2021. Obviously. Uh, a lot of businesses and OT didn't get a free pass had to pivot back in 2020, right? When the pandemic hit and, and all of a sudden there was urgency to innovate, urgency to change and accommodate working from home. You know, the sudden urgency, I really use that overuse the word urgency, but the sudden need to be able to accommodate and be able to continue to sustain and do business in a slightly different model was very important. So uh, being able to scale and deliver uh, security to the, to the, uh, to off-prem to the to the client who's got to continue to do their function, perform their function on the job from the from the home as opposed to the to the office was very very important. You know whether you're talking about a small, medium, or large business, you, again you can think about how to scale what you're using. Cost was very important, and we were working with a small client that needed to extend that privacy out to you know 100 clients. And you know, the question I asked is, well, what are we going to have to buy to be able to solve the problem? And the answer was terrific in that particular case. They didn't need to buy anything. They just needed to use a setting within the, within the uh, next generation firewall to accommodate 100 clients. And instantly they had uh, VPNs extended out to all of those individuals and solved their problem literally in a few minutes as opposed to having to, to, to uh, overthink the problem. So sometimes it's making sure that you're you're leveraging the technology you already have in hand to the greatest extent possible, based again on the scale and capacity that you need to, to accommodate and protect. But I think that's a, an important place to start because not everyone's got deep pockets. Uh, particularly in 2021, I think at the municipal and state levels, their budgets are very tight. Everyone's uh, pockets are light these days. And so helping to solve the problem by not uh, overtaxing the solution to try and move it forward, I think is more important than ever. Uh, and, and it wouldn't even stop there. I said, even at the federal level, right? Everyone wants to know, what can I get done? What's going to give me the greatest cost uh, return? So if I'm talking about return on investment, if I'm sitting down with a board of directors, uh, whether it's a manufacturer or uh, a shipping industry or, or uh, a power industry, let's, let's talk about oil and gas for a minute. They're always wanting to know what I'm, what, how, what kind of a return can I measure? What's my performance going to look like? How do I understand that I'm really getting what I'm paying for? And I think that's an important measure of effectiveness as you think about guiding and helping to grow a solution to meet 
the expectations of the customer and then to take them further on that journey. So as they're maturing, how they're protecting their environment, you know, they get, they gain the confidence because there's a lot at stake. Now these, these uh, physical infrastructures, what I'll call the cyber physical are big stakes, you know, hundreds of million dollars, billions of dollars in many instances of infrastructure and the intellectual property aside, right? You've got a huge charge there in terms of what you're trying to protect. Excellent. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. You know, one of, one of the programs that we're working with Fortinet right now is the Cyber Threat Assessment Program. Uh, for our customers, this is a, this is a free program in, initiated from Fortinet that, that in which Fortinet will send a firewall to a customer location and collect data over, over the course of, let's say, a week. Um, as a result of that data collection, they'll then provide a report of the types of threats and, and things that their devices found within network. Uh, could you explain a little bit about the program? Yeah, you know, it, it, the beauty is, right, it's no cost, right? It allows you to do what, what I'll call discovery, right? If your network's grown organically, which it probably has, you know, you, the chances are you need to, you're trying to put your finger on what do we look like? How are we connected? What's what's out there? I need to make sure that I I'm I can ascertain and be confident of what's in my inventory at any moment in time. You know, as you m- march further down the line, you gain that level of of uh, integrity and knowledge. You know, if I'm fielding a NAC product, I I may feel very confident, but out of the gate, you don't. So that discovery moment is an important one. It allows you to recognize, okay, what's my level of, of risk that I'm taking today? What's the landscape look like, you know, in, in terms of proportion and, and, and where do I start in terms of applying the right assets? Because I think, and it's particularly important for OT, whatever you choose to pursue from a solution point of view has got to scale long-term. You, know, you can't just be thinking about right now. You gotta be thinking about what you're gonna look like two, five years from now, because OT systems aren't into big time change. They want to make a smart investment and then see the return on that for 15, 20, even 30 years. And I think that's one, again, one of the benefits here of of the ecosystem approach is you continue to grow the solution, but you're not ripping it out. You're just continuing to evolve and grow the capacity. And that's that's equally important because as we were talking about earlier, you've got a growth in the attack surface that's enormous with all the enabled devices. And when you start to think about how extensible that, that framework looks like, you say, wow, I've got a big problem. So starting with a CTAP gives you that great ability to, to leverage and employ capabilities that are friendly. But then when you move beyond the, having that data, you have to think what my next steps need to look like, have to take advantage of that information, that intelligence. And that's again, where you come back to answering the right questions. What's, what's the first step that I take that's going to allow, allow, logically connect into what looks like a journey? And I always want to insist that you, know, you may have some on-site capability today that helps you to take those right steps, as opposed to believing that you've got to make a hard right turn and start over. Great information, Rick. I, I just want to take a segue for a second. Sure. Was question number five regarding the organic growth, was that a CTAP yeah, question? It is. Do you know? It is. It is? Okay. So I'll, I'll skip that one at this point, or we'll ask it again, and you'll go through the whole thing. <laughs> okay, no problem. So uh, let's say question number four. Uh, so, Rick, a lot of our customers have to deal with compliance issues. What about in areas of compliance for, for industries like power and, power and energy or utilities and others? How does cybersecurity from Fortinet address compliance requirements? Yeah, 
Uh, well, I think first and foremost, one of the things you got to make sure of when you're working uh, with a solution provider is that they they have fluency. By that, I mean they understand that business model. They understand the language and the requirements, the instructions that are associated with those environments. So obviously, if you're dealing with the uh, utility industry, you're probably dealing with NERC SIP uh, manufacturing, IEC 62443. Uh, when you start to talk about frameworks, you can you can think constructively about things like the NIST cybersecurity framework. All of this, though, is about automating the documentation of compliant activities. It's understanding flow control. It's process management and attention to detail. So as you start to you know, break those, those requirements down, those instructions, instructions down, you can be very point-specific or instruction-specific. And we've done some great narratives that reflect how, how our ecosystem or fabric security approach to OT, and specifically I'll talk for the energy industry for a minute, how each of those can be broken out and which instructions within NERCSIP are particularly important to tune into from the standpoint of what we can do solution-wise and how we can help to remediate or address those, those issues. So that's really important. And I think you gotta tie that together when you start to talk about compliance. Great information continues to be great. You know, one of the things we walk into most when we walk into customer accounts is we find that their networks have grown over time. You know, they've been built out to satisfy the build out of their plant. What advice do you have for the customer that says, my network has grown organically. I have no idea what devices are on my network. How can Fortinet help find the devices, where they're located, and whether or not they should actually be there? So, you know, it, it starts with using a, a service that we offer uh, at no cost. Our, our cyber threat advisory program, CTAP, allows you to monitor the network for a period of time to actually gather intelligence, to build and, and start to uh, define what that, what that network looks like and all the devices and communications that are a part of that framework. Why is that important? Well, if you're going to try and take the right step, again, it starts with visibility, right? And visibility says, I know what's on my network. If I, I, if I can see it, I can protect it. I can challenge it. I can earn the trust with it. Uh, I, I can insist that every single device, product, however you want to characterize it, that it associates or attaches to my network has uh, been validated, right? It's current in terms of its profile. I know I'm not, I know I'm not bringing on board a device that, that is, uh, going to introduce a vulnerability or malware into my environment. Very, very important, right? Because a lot of these environments do have a fluidity. I may have maintenance individuals coming in, providing a service. So I've got to insist on earn trust in every single instance, uh, validating the integrity of that exchange, and then making sure that what happens from the point of gaining access fits within what the policy will govern and allow. So again, I'm building equity, right? By understanding who's doing what and where. Yeah, you know, this builds on to and ties back to what we were talking about before. It's a step at a time. If I feel comfortable that I've, I, I, I've achieved visibility and I know I'm seeing everything that's coming on board and off board on my network, that's a great first step. That then allows me to start to think about things like control and segmentation, but I've got to have that first step in place. So that process of understanding yourself, knowing your own is probably the best step you can take. So Rick, what I like the most about what you said is that Fortinet has a no cost cyber threat assessment that we can deliver to our customers and, and it doesn't cost them anything. Correct. So if they don't know how to get started, we can actually give them the tools to actually get started and, and a premise to understand what traffic they have existing on their network now. 
I, I think that's a great opportunity that everybody can can get behind. You know, the education's important, Chris. I, I think it's come out more more so than ever uh, over the last 12 months. I know when I meet with executives, uh, one of the themes that typically comes up over and over again is the investment in in workforce. You know, if you will, uh, changing the 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 dichotomy of the problem from thinking about your workforce as a liability to thinking about them as an asset. That's simply a matter of manifesting a program that makes it valuable to every single person who's on the net to realize they're part of the solution, not a part of the problem. You know, growing your own is a great place to start. I mean, it isn't just the acquisition of talent externally. It's really growing from within. And you know, one of the other uh, free assets that Fortinet builds into its, in its cash today is the offer for NSC training access. And I think that's a huge uh, offer that's out there. Uh, it's, an, it's a curriculum that starts at level one, very primitive and basic and goes all the way up through a very extensive experience, expert level training. And even for a person starting out, you gain an appreciation for all of the things that are important to your business and the things that you wanna think about as you're taking those steps down your cybersecurity maturity journey. And you know, so whether you're an engineer or a, a decision maker somewhere in there that has a team working for them or an operator, there's something there for everybody that helps you, I think, get an appreciation for what's happening out there. And it probably gives some comfort to, guess what? There are some problems that are being solved today. They're going to raise the bar for protecting critical infrastructure and protecting operational technology, which is, of course, uh, a continued landscape today that's challenged because we know that there are bad actors out there. There are organized and structured attacks happening every day. The numbers are large. Uh, so we have to be proportionally engaged to counter those. So again, it's, a, you know, it's the greatest cat and mouse game ever, uh, and we're in it to win it. Next topic is near and dear to my heart. I believe that that proper network design and segmenting networks is very important to today's infrastructure. How important is it to segment the IT and OT networks? So that that it's really it it, it really is important first to say uh, what do I hope to achieve with segmentation? And we talked about it just briefly before. I always like to think my most important thing that I can do is is restrict movement within my network. So segmentation does that. It, think containment, right? If I wanted to keep you on the second floor of a building, how would I do that? I would have to give you privileged access to that floor and that floor only, or maybe within a portion of that floor of that building. So I have to have permissions that allow you to do certain functions, attach yourself to certain uh, aspects of the business. Well, nothing changes here. It's just it's it's just in in the cyber world thinking in the, in the same way about modeling and understanding. Where am I going to allow you, um, the individual who might be the HMI uh, supervisor, to gain access and accomplish your mission within my environment, but not be able to escape the boundary of where that is? If that's at, at level three of, of the reference architecture that shows how I've connected my IT and OT world, I now understand I can't get beyond that. And if I try to, that raises an alarm, right? That sets a flag that says, you know, someone's just tried to exceed their permission. So maybe they're untrusted, may have been an error, but it's worth looking into and analyzing to see, are there a sequence of instructions attempting to do that? Do we have someone who's lost their credentials? Are we seeing an, an, an exhibition of behaviors that look like someone's about 
to e- execute uh, uh, an attack on my on my framework? Do I have to take a proactive step? So that analysis, that behavioral analysis, is actually getting out in front of and precluding an attack that might otherwise uh, get out in front and up, and then force me to get into the chase mode. Too many of the examples, I think, over the last half decade have illustrated that the cyber attacker had already moved off of the early target, and now you're in a chase mode. Chances are they're, they've already executed a multi-thread campaign. They may have ransomware running over here getting your attention. You're worried about uh, how do you protect all that data? In the meantime, they've already done the reconnaissance, and they're moving on to a target to exfiltrate your intellectual property. So those crown jewels that make separate you from your competition are now being stolen, and you're busy off doing something else. Again, that's that's a, a, an example of what the realm of the possible is, but the reality is that is happening today. And so we have to be very proactive and really think not just perimeter defense, but think about protecting from the inside out. Rick, that's a huge problem now, especially when, when people are deploying ransomware and, and spending literally weeks or months within an environment before they execute an attack. You know, one of the things that, that can be complex is when you have multiple Fortinet Fortinet appliances or devices in your network, how do you essentially manage all the cybersecurity solutions within your ecosystem? So, you know, the beauty, again, this comes back to what we were talking about before, the security fabric, which of course is, you know, has our, our next generation firewall to hub, has functions like the 40 manager and 40 analyzer uh, as part of the entire um uh, uh, orchestrated response. So if you're talking about, if we, let's just talk about the 40 manager for just a second. If we're talking about automation driven, driven centralized management. This lets me now think about how to uh, solve, solve that problem, but be focused on things like orchestration, automation, and optimized visibility. Man, that's really important when you, when you realize you're, you're constantly interrogating and doing requirements management Efficiency here is key. So you need to have a, a one place to go. You, use that sing, you hear the term single pane of glass thrown around a lot, but it really is connecting in all of these services that are happening and having a place where you can view it and visualize what's happening. You know, conversely, 40 Analyzer, which is another component in, in, our, in our security fabric architecture, allows you then to have security-driven analytics and log management. So you got to have a place where all that's being captured too. So you're doing end-to-end visibility, advanced threat detection, workflow and compliance reporting, and all that information is being shared and drawn together. Uh, the, the true value of, of an ecosystem, right, is that it's, it's well-informed and the information is flowing. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk in a minute, I think, about intelligence on the, on the actual intelligence side of this. But all of that orchestration happens by design, right? These elements are connected together. And recall, I spoke earlier uh, about the, the technology alliance. Equally important in, the, in these conversations is understanding how our partner products have been designed API-wise to fit in. You know, I'm going to be talking to um, a, a Canadian energy activity tomorrow. And it's important for me to know that they, they have a disposition with a partner uh, where they're already using a technology alliance partner of ours to do switching, to do uh, network access control, and we already have the API designed in. So that's terrific because they don't have to change a thing. It's already a part of what can be harnessed into that 
ecosystem and become a part of their solution. So they don't have to move off of the direction that there are that they've already taken. It doesn't challenge any of the investment they've already made. Very, very important, at least in my opinion. Yeah, Rick, what I like most about the, the, the Fortinet, the Forta Manager and Forta, An uh, Forta Analyzer is it enables a single point of access to really manage your security, your security ecosystem. And, exactly. and what's great about that is you don't have to log into each individual device to get access to the logs, the information, the configurations. You can log into either an individual compliance or in, in much larger scale, a virtualized machine of, of these uh, appliances that really enable, you know, central access to your security. It, it amazes exactly. me these days how many, you know, medium and larger size customers are still ma managing security as islands of security rather than a, as an ecosystem or centralized management. It's yeah, that, that comes back to a, yeah, that comes back to a problem you mentioned before. And if you fall into that islands mode, right, the natural uh, curiosity or concern should be how much time are you losing, right? If if I if I can't have a coordinated response that's that's happening at the speed of business. I will lose. It's a guarantee. The adversary is way too good. They're going to be too smart to move and I can't keep up with them. So uh, that point can't be lost because that, that making sure that, that um, all of my, uh, my amalgamation of these solutions are working together cooperatively to, to help me stay in front is huge. Yes. You know, the other thing I'll, I'll, I'll point out is that people don't realize that you can automate security. Right, so that your appliances and devices can actually take corrective action if they if they, you know, come in contact with a threat or something that is out of the ordinary. So you can be given an alert that something's happened, and and it can shut down a certain uh, level level or attack that that you may not be have any awareness of. Right, and it's and it's one of the critical things as we get into the next generation of security, the automation of that security becomes very important as well. We're we're uh, we're we're careful too uh, when we work with the OT client to not to not be overzealous in that fact to have them be able to to design the level at which they're comfortable in giving that automated control right because ultimately there are some features and functions that they want to be able to give the go or no go but they have access again to that to that single pane front end to make those intelligent decisions at the speed of business. And while you might say, well, the human factor is in there a little bit, that's the decision they've made. They don't, they don't want to give up the con completely because there may be conditions that require a change to happen that aren't a part of the policy yet. And it gives them at least the agility to deal with that on their own terms, but make a smart decision and continue to evolve, right? Because the policy can evolve. Uh, it can be a part of a new rule that didn't exist before. So I think that's important to be agile uh, as you synthesize and grow your solution. Yes. Um, you know, many of our customers have multiple locations. Can we securely link two site locations across the internet? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I, I spoke to an example of that earlier where, you know, you can, obviously you have the ability today to do uh, on-prem and, and, and point to point communication. Uh, that illustration I, I shared earlier where you had a customer going, wow, you know, I've, I've got, this huge work from home problem. I, 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 you know, how much is this going to cost me, right? To field an array of, of, of solutions that are going to provide the level of security at each one of these nodes so that I don't have to be wondering about what's happening at the other end. Not that that's perfect, right? Because obviously 
there are other opportunities for things to go wrong within the within the home front. But I want to make sure that the the communications and the information being processed and the rules being enforced at that at that workstation or that device out at the home that's connected back to the plant uh, is is protected, right? So that the so the ability to protect that comp. Absolutely. That's already there. That's that's the easy problem to solve, if you will. And the scale of it can then be managed uh, by a point you brought up earlier, and that is you can select the level of uh, capacity you need to manage and be able to provide that that level of, of protection. And you know what? The, 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 the takeaway, and I was having a conversation this morning on this, Chris, the takeaway is the new normal is going to adopt a lot of the lessons learned from this past year. We know we're not going to head back to a world where everyone reports to the plant or everybody works from a central location. You know, some of the, the, the values are going to be put into play for business, for business profit and gain, efficiency, right? So we have to be equally committed to continuing to grow that extensible solution that protects out to a very wide array, a wider array of probably uh, sustained work from home scenarios because. Quite frankly, it works. It's been now proven to work, and uh, and there are some cost savings for companies that uh, would preclude going back in an opposite direction. Yes, sir. You know, talking about COVID in the way that that people have changed work activities. Um, everybody has become a hundred percent reliant on the internet now, right? You, me, I'm in the basement right now. You're at home. Uh, you know, we're all continuing to do our jobs. How has Fortinet increased network reliability using the software-defined WAN capabilities in their products, or SD-WAN? That's a really great question. In fact, I, again, I, I get geeky and excited when we start talking about features that are now part of what we're putting in the field. The latest release of the next generation firewall, the 60F, has SD-WAN as a part of the feature. It's purpose-built for that. So I think that's widely uh, uh, a huge value uh, from an application per control perspective, right? You get more support for protocols, uh, uh, which it, I'm not doing a, a product by product comparison, but I'll tell you we're way out in front there. It allows you to prioritize critical communications. So you're looking for performance with your SLAs. Well, you've got that. Uh, it, you, you optimize use of the bandwidth for multiple co connections. And that gives you, uh, again, agility at the application level uh, if you want to talk specifically about securing SD-WAN, right, it gives you also improvement in, in comms reliability, which everybody's uh, thinking about. So it's application aware. You know, we're limiting uh, critical applications uh, when you know, have a low bandwidth failover. And you have to worry about contingencies as well. You have to think about all those scenarios. Uh, it automatically chooses the optimal path, again, to optimize the SLA and the bandwidth. Features that you don't want to think about, you want to trust that this is going on, and it doesn't require a cloud connection to manage. So you've built in all of that agility and orchestration and optimal use of the bandwidth without having to put your fingers on it. And, and you're, you're just uh, giving the system the opportunity to perform for you. And I think that's an ideal place to be. And again, we've designed the, the, the hub, the core function, our, our next generation firewall to deliver that service now, as you find your way into that environment and becomes a part of your infrastructure. So again, I think readiness and vision is really important. And we're always looking ahead to say, okay, what is, 
what does the OT environment look like two years from now, three years from now? What's the dependence on cloud infrastructure? Uh, what are other variables that, that haven't even been thought about yet that are obviously going to creep into the equation because innovation is going to make it available to the executive? And again, we'll be dealing with the next generation of evolution, right? And it's going to happen. We already know that. It's just a matter of when. So we have to be always forward-looking. Yeah, I really like that your products evolve as the customer brings on additional uh, security feature sets, right? So the so the same appliance or firewall can expand to to include VPN connections, you know, network segmentation, and all all the all the transitional items that people are looking to as they as they look to enhance their network and and do their own digital transformations, right? It, it becomes a core part of evolving that that uh, operational infrastructure. You know, as industrial org organizations develop their own security programs, are there specific cybersecurity frameworks that offer guidance? Yeah, you know, um, our go-to, at least my go-to, I, I prefer, there are multiple, but I, I, I like the NIST cybersecurity framework. Uh, it's easy to access. You can do research on it, but I love the way it breaks down uh, the problem. IE62443 kind of does that too. There are different variations on these, on, on instructions and, and, um, and, and compliance products that do it as well. But the NIST cybersecurity framework kind of kind of breaks it down into, into five key areas. So you have identification, you have uh, protection, detection, uh, response and recovery, and each of those has sub-elements. So you can you, you can sort of peel it back or break it down and, and understand what are those elements, where are you in, in, with respect to uh, accommodating those requirements. And then it allows you to address where your gaps are. Where are your pain points? What are the things you need to do uh, to make sure that you're being comprehensive in your in your strategy? And it yields a 24-7 continuous threat assessment, which is obviously where you want to be. You know, you're not looking to ever let your guard down, but it says, if you're doing all of these things, you now have the level of situational awareness that is would be ideal. Uh, and and you're able to understand what's changing out there. Uh, I mentioned before, and I think it, it, it bears a revisit, our, our adversary is very committed to disruption today. Their rationale or their commitment is, you know, very based on profit. It's motivated by greed, you know, whether it's uh, just simple extortion, uh, more likely industrial espionage, which I mentioned before, or even industrial sabotage. We have to be thinking in all those dimensions because the capacity of them to affect these campaigns is what brings great pain to the OT system owner. And we have to worry about uh, not just the intellectual property, but, but our ability to protect the consumer, right? Because there's two edges to this. It's protecting our workforce, it's protecting the consumer. And then of course there's brand reputation. So there's so many variables that contribute to understanding my position and my understanding of what's going on in my environment, but also realizing that the, the core benefit is, is of cyber resilience is not, not being bulletproof, but making my target harder to compromise to the extent that the adversary is gonna shop someplace else, because that's the reality. Whether it's, unless it's a super structured nation state, they're gonna give up quickly and move on because there are too many other places they can gain access to. And they may be doing a wide array of ransomware trying to get on uh, by, by throwing the big net out. And you know you can't get cast off quickly because you're not an accessible target that can be gained. So I think that's an important thought uh, as, as uh, you think about your way forward and understanding where you are 
compared to uh, the, the, the rest of your competition and actually the, the rest of, of, of the global community out there because when we're talking about OT, we're really talking about services that all of our citizens depend on. There's a lot at stake here, Chris, and it's important to raise that bar because our citizens around the globe deserve that and they expect it. They wanna be able to trust the water they're drinking, the power they get, the products they buy. You mentioned pharmaceuticals earlier. You know, it just doesn't take much, right, to cause a problem. We're aware of that today, and I and I think we're positioning and moving forward smartly to make it a lot harder for adversaries to succeed. Uh, our time is about up for today. I want to thank you so much for your time. This hour went much quicker than I thought it would have, right? Uh, you know, when we first started this, we said, "Boy, could are we going to be able to be, fill up an hour worth of time and get and create some content?" So. This was really good for us. You know, as we evolve with Fortinet, we, we know there's a lot of opportunities for us, you know, both with our customers. We feel your, you know, the reason we initiated uh, a connection with Fortinet is we feel your products meet, meet that ge next generation need, right? It, it's, it's the form factor, it's the, it's the capabilities, it's the components, it's the ability to grow and transition as, as the customer grows. All of these things play right into you know, the premier next generation appliance that people want for security. Um, you know, we've touched on points such as the way people work now. Uh, it is completely different. You know, having run a services division like I do uh, at Turtle and Hughes, it, it has changed the way we work completely. If we can enable our customers to gain remote access to their infrastructure and do their job, it, it, it's not even from home. It's just being in a different location within the same facility. So it's not even leaving the facility. In some cases, we have customers now setting up uh, trailers on site in some different uh, office areas just to be able to separate people. So that, you know, the, the time before COVID, I'd say everybody was trying to get into what they called hoteling. They mm. wanted to put everybody in big rooms and, and just little tiny cubicles and everybody would rent out a cubicle for the day right. and, and then move from cubicle that, you know, hopefully they could get the cubicle for a week. Uh, that's gone. I mean, that's done. You know, right. now you see, you know, large customers of ours getting rid of their office space. They say yeah. more people are just going to work from home. They still expect them to have the same access and do the same job, right? right. Your, your job's not going to change. You still have to do your job, but it's going to be different. And, and the way you do your job is different. And the access that you need is now different. You know, the reliance on all these critical data centric internet, uh, remote access, you know, these things are now definitely required. You know, they were optional, I'd say in the past and not always optional, you know, people had remote access for certain features and functions, but now it's mandatory. And I think all of the things that we're working on your team with are, are really good. And, and, you know, we, um, we just believe that that foundation that you guys have presents customers with the best story, you know, and, and the application of your devices is among the best I've ever dealt with. I can just tell you, you know, I, I had a, a customer site I was deploying on a Saturday. I called your, right. I called your support, you know, and I won't name other customers, but other customers, you got to put in a ticket. You hope you get a call back today, maybe tomorrow. Um, your support picked up the first time the guy was in my computer within three minutes, five minutes. And we were just working on the solution together. Stayed with me till I finished the solution. Right. It was up and running and it was actually one of the easiest deployments we've ever done. And I, and I walked in rather cold, unfortunately. You know, it was something that was, it was specified. Uh, the configuration was specified by the customer. 
We had a very short window with which to implement it because the devices were already on site, wired, connected, and ready to go. And it was just, just a great experience. I mean, it's so unique in the industry for me with, um, with just how difficult it's come to reach out to, to tech support for, for technology companies, right? It's, uh, it's great. So uh, once again, I want to thank you so much for your time today. And uh, we look forward to do a lot of great things in the future. It's exciting, Chris. And it was a real pleasure having this conversation today. Thanks for the time. Great, Rick. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we, we hope to have some really good showcases for you in the future and put some white paper successes together. So uh, we look forward to that. And uh, I don't know if Cheryl and Greg, are you there? Yeah, that was that was a gold mine. Thank you, guys. OK, so you got a lot of content. You think you can work with it? Yeah, you know, when I'm uh, when I'm shooting subjects who know their stuff, especially about, you know, topics that I'm not as familiar with, I like to just get out of the way and get the conversation on camera, let you guys do your thing, and I'll, I'll take it and kind of shape it to the medium. So um, this was perfect. I will take all of that and probably end up putting out like a long form interview video that we'll host on our YouTube, but also cutting it up into kind of topic based snippets that we can release in social media posts and, and pair with ads and things like that. So uh, Good. you know, great. The other thing, Greg, that I think about is there may be there may be a position between questions where we put a couple static slides up, you know, or, or, or graphics that that will segue between the questions to maybe showcase some of the Fortinet platform. Sure, that's something we can do be between questions or even underneath questions. You know, the the image doesn't have to stay on uh, on the actual video shoot through the duration yep. of your of your dialogue. So yeah, I just think it's better. You know, Rick and, and Cheryl, one of the things we have is is you know. Our, our user base, we need to we need to handhold them a bit yes. to get them into Fortinet. You know, a lot of our customers are using other vendors nowadays, right? Sure. And and the idea is we want to showcase some of the entry level platforms and, and appliances and devices that you have, because I don't think people realize how easy it is to do things. You know, Forta Manager is a great example. How I, I got 15 firewalls at my site. How can I centrally manage these things? And it's you know it's so complex, but it's really not. You know, it's, it's such an out-of-the-box solution mm -hmm. for them. And they just have no idea that these easy appliances exist. I mean, we can we can showcase these things very quickly for them. And, and that's where we're looking to get customer wins. You know, we started with Fortinet at very large customers. Mm -hmm. So we're doing New York City mass transit, right? Is, right. is a perfect example. That's one of the target yep. customers. You know, Consolidated yep. Edison, PSE&G. You know, we have target customer accounts that are very large. The challenge with those customers is... They don't just want one firewall, you know, or they have an existing ecosystem that you need to displace or, or, or sell over. So it's, it goes back to specifications and how we get into the infrastructure. And that's why I like the CTAP program in particular, because I think it's an easy way to say, hey, here's an appliance we're going to send you, run it for a week, send it back to us. We're going to give you a report and, and tell you what we see on the network. Exactly. So, all good. But I won't take any more of your time. I wanted to thank you both uh, very much for your time. And uh and we'll circle back with the Fortinet team and, and give some demos and, you know, let you guys comment on, on how we can make it better. We take criticism very well, just so you know. <laughs> so if there's something you think we can do better, we certainly want to do better. Thank you. Take care. Take care.